Raindrops keep falling on my head. My grandma used to sing that song. I'm singing that because it's raining here in Orange County, which never happens. It's on the forecast for the next four days. But she would always sing that song to me. Raindrops keep falling on my head. And then I don't know the next line because she would always just go, really wish she would have just sang the rest of the song because now I... And just ya ta ta totting all over the place and sound like a goofball, but whatever. Uh, welcome to another edition of Jack of All. I heard a message yesterday. Uh, it was a good one. It was about the necessity of change. Uh, yeah, man, it got me thinking for sure. And it was just saying how, yes, change sucks. I think we can all agree with that. It's very uncomfortable. It's a huge pain in the tushy, but it's necessary. Uh, one of the lines that the guy used was, he said that good is the enemy of great, which is probably what I did the most thinking about, was that line. And it's interesting, isn't it? It's, I think his idea was sometimes we have to give up something that has been good for us for a new great direction, which I would agree with. I think that so many times we get stuck in the mud with principles, um, or ideologically, and we just think this is the right way to do it. And when we, you know, forfeit this uh, progressive willingness, then <laughs> then we become obsolete. We're no longer relevant. We don't have any say in anything. And so there is this this shifting culture and shifting society that people have to stay up with and determine. Hey, was that right for the time? Or is that for, uh, yeah, is that to go by the wayside and now we pick up a new torch and, and run? Um, but the idea of evaluating what in your life is good versus great sometimes goes beyond just outdated, right? We, we can feel that we're doing things that are relevant and uh, make sense in today's society, but uh, once we give them up, once we forfeit them, in retrospect, we determined that they were a good thing, not a great thing. So instead of being reactive in that and just evaluating the things that we've moved on from, we want to be proactive and look at everything that we're involved in now and determine, is this a good thing or is this something that maybe is holding me back from becoming potentially great? And that's where I think the most interesting conversation or discrepancy comes in because it's very difficult to decide um, if the dif differentiation of good and great are just like seasonal variables, right? How are we judging good versus great in our life? Is it outcome? Because there might quite literally be seasonable, seasonal variables that affect the outcome of anything, right? From sales to product to emotion. I mean, I've had... The outcome or the output that I'm responsible for has differed with shifting family dynamics. Uh, there have been times when I haven't been able to give as much time to something, so the product has, uh, has been less quality or, or few and far between. Or uh, So does that mean that that's good, not great, or does it just mean that I wasn't able to give the time to it, right? I mean, and there can be other variables. Think about fishermen. Like literally, those are seasonal variables that uh, sometimes the output is not great. And are you making these 
macro huge life uh, determining decisions based on the outcome of it or is there something deeper, right? So if good or great is determined by external forces, by uh, then you are going to be doing mental and emotional somersaults trying to get a hold on reality, I think. So if you're looking at everything and saying, well, is this, is this good? Now you're comparing it to what you consider other people's good and great to be. And you just can't do that. And so, yeah. So if you're going to determine what's good in your life right now or what to, to forfeit, to give up, maybe my encouragement would be don't look at the outcome or the output because that will just drive you insane. And not only that, but your <laughs> determinings will be by the hour, <laughs> at least by the day of what is beneficial in your life or not. So don't just look at the outside forces or, or, or what is created. Um, instead, maybe there's something kind of deeper in, in us. And, and good is, is actually um, kind of an interesting word, right? Good versus great. And, uh, and for me, when I think of good and, and forfeiting good for great, I actually think like morally, because I, that's a big north star for me, right? That's that's a that's a compass for me, as I I believe in kind of this uh, intrinsic moral code that um, that helps guide me. We talked about that yesterday, but I, that that's a way that God talks to me to guide me down this fulfilling life, or maybe the purpose that I have, and that's a huge reason that faith has played it. A big role in my life because I believe that there's a difference between the outside forces and my value. If I'm going to make a determining for what gets forfeited or what life I pursue and instead of being up and down with external forces determining what I do, um, I make this differentiation inside of myself that helps um, bring peace to those decisions, right? So I believe personally that my value is intrinsic, um, which means that I'm created with it. Uh, I'm designed with value. Um, it is not like impressed upon me based on my output, based on my actions. Um, and so even, even changes that work or changes that don't work never touch my value, uh, now, I actually believe that most humans recognize an intrinsic moral code, right? I think that the most, m most of the people, unless it's like Manson, most people say, yeah, I can feel that this is good and this is bad. And uh, for sure, there can be like moral callousing, you know, or compartmentalization. Um, but generally, we have this relative uniform sense of morality, um, the lines are blurry at best, but morality is an agreed upon uniform, which is actually what C.S. Lewis believes to be the strongest argument for God, <laughs> or at least creationism is kind of an innate intrinsic moral code or understanding, uh, which is interesting. But if we all agree on an intrinsic moral code, then what is done with that is where we start to differ, right? 
and I realize it's a digression, but this is kind of where my mind went, is, all right, does your intrinsic moral code point to value? Is the moral code like the hierarchy that determines goodness, right? So is, do your actions determine how good you are, how good things are? Now, there are large groups of religions that are based on this. Um, I think a misunderstanding of Christianity is based on this. Uh, it's, but it's what spurred on these karma-based religions, right? Or pretty much any doctrine or theology where actions equal value. Or, in the case of karma, actually, even supersede value, right? That your actions are the all-determining force in, in the karma theology. Essentially, your actions are the governing force, and they give you this nebulous gold star that kind of hangs above you until your reward or your value catches up at some like cosmic appointed time, right? But your actions are the governing force. So that's one option. Is that the everything external determines your value, or is it, as I believe, um, these guiding principles to guide and align me to live in the most like fulfilling way that it was intended. Is that what this intrinsic moral code is? Is that what it looks like to be good? And um, maybe we, we don't think that we think about this very often, but we do. We are, we are having this conversation in our minds all the time on whether or not we believe our actions determine our value. Uh, the way to prove it is, you know, what do you think of somebody that you haven't met when you meet them for the first time? Do you think that generally that person is just garbage until they prove otherwise? Right? Or do you ascribe some sort of value until they prove otherwise and then determine they're garbage? Right? So we all ascribe value in some way. It's just asking to what point. If you believe actions determine value, then your assumptions and uh, learning about that person is to ascribe value to them, which is very exhausting. <laughs> it's very exhausting to constantly try to ascribe value based on actions for people. And that is all-consuming. <laughs> and the reason it's exhausting is because to the extent you're judging value in another is the extent that you are deriving value in yourself, right? Based not only on actions, but now if it's yourself, you've got these wandering, malicious thoughts that we have. We have to determine um, how that plays into our value or our goodness. So, Everybody, it's weird, man. And, and this is how we all kind of naturally operate. But think about how crazy that is. Everybody's on this shifting value scale that nobody really knows how you move up or down. Or, you know, when can I recover from a bad decision? How long do I have to sit in value timeout before I can start to move up the scale? Or... Who decides if this action is better than another action? And it gets, uh, it gets pretty, well, at least exhausting, right? <laughs> at the very least. However, if 
um, if value supersedes actions, if value is intrinsic, right? If goodness is is what I believe, and I don't want to be dogmatic at all. This is just to to spur thought. But if value is ascribed to you, um, then everybody has a resetting north star. Uh, that's why an encompassing love. <laughs> an encompassing grace, an encompassing ascribed value is the core of hope. That's why in the most tumultuous seasons in my life, I have experienced through tears and through grit teeth, I've experienced peace and I've understood value despite the circumstantial and even moral crumbling of my life. In the middle of that, I have experienced something that didn't make sense. A transcendent stillness and peace and value um, because it wasn't on this shifting scale uh, that I could make no sense of. So, geez, how's that for a long-winded digression, huh? Uh, Anyway, the reason I even went into that was to understand what is meant by good as opposed to great. Because when we think of good, then we start to say, what do I need to forfeit uh, morally? Or, or what's a good moral good decision? And um, in my belief, neither outside circumstances or actions determine good versus great. So uh, even, even perceptions of good versus great by other people, you just can't trust you can't trust things that are so shifting and so flimsy and so seasonal. Um, if you're going to make long determining life decisions, it better be on something that's relatively concrete, something that doesn't move, something that you don't have to reevaluate every other second, and something that doesn't shift based on the brokenness of others. Outside circumstances all the times shift and are affected by other people being broken. And if you are making lifetime decisions based on the wavering brokenness of others, you are gonna find yourself frustrated and burnt out very, very quickly. So um, for me, if I'm gonna make a a determination of good versus great, or at least what needs to change and shift up in my life, I have kind of two dashboard principles. Um, If you've never heard that term, Dashboard principles. The metaphor refers to like an airplane cockpit, right? So picture an airplane cockpit. You've looked in there before you went back and there's like a billion buttons and gauges and indicators that are in there. But the pilot isn't just freaking out and looking everywhere always and just Linda Blair, you know, head on a swivel. Uh, He just monitors like three or four main indicators. And if they're good, then everything else is good. But if they're in the red then you've got to take kind of like a flow chart investigative approach to find out what's wrong, right? So that's the idea. If we have these dashboard principles in our life that if they're good, it doesn't mean that you stop learning and stop bettering yourself, but um, they're kind of your, okay, these are what I determined to be important enough uh, to continually monitor. So for me, I've got some dashboard principles that I generally know if one of these things are unhealthy, then it's time to really dig deep. And one of those is conviction of mission. 
Um, do you feel you are doing what you were designed to do? Right? This is where the most soul searching is necessary. Um, because this is not as simple as do what you love to do full time. <laughs> I wish it was that easy, but that's not what it means. Because if you feel like one of your purposes here on earth is loving people, that's great. I hope everybody does. But there are very few jobs where you get paid to give hugs, right? And the ones that do, you probably don't want to be a part of. So this is not a 15-minute conversation. It's not even a week-long conversation. It is a continual seeking and understanding of how you were uniquely designed to play a beautiful part in this tapestry of humanity that God has woven together, right? How you were designed to do that and then to determine is what I'm doing aligned with that or is it kind of fighting against it? Um, so while actually the, the growth in this is blurry, I'll give you that, understanding how that plays out, the betterment of it, it takes going for things and saying, you know what, I think this this is going down that path and then you get down that path and you realize, nope, okay, that wasn't it. Well, how about this? That's, it's blurry. <laughs> Uh, while bettering it is blurry, uh, necessary and worthwhile but blurry, the other side is much less blurry, in my opinion. If you feel like you're forfeiting conviction of mission, if you feel like you're compromising your intrinsic design and purpose for something carnal, then I would say more times than not, you're going down the wrong road, right? Are those convictions, more times than not, you can kind of hang your hat on it. It's time to kind of stop and evaluate the why behind your path. So yeah, one of the dashboard principles is conviction of mission and the other dashboard principle is comfort. It's comfort. But it seems that the, I don't know if the appropriate one, but mine indicator is opposite from the world's. Because I personally believe that if my life is comfortable for too long, it's a message that I need to change. That's one of my indicators. Uh, it, seems, it seems like the underlying principle in the difficulty of change is comfort. Right? That's why change sucks. That's why it's so hard. Is because we fall in love with comfort, or at least the, the uh, concept of comfort. And while, yes, I agree that good is the enemy of great, I would absolutely say that comfort is the enemy of great. I mean, think about in your life, right? Discomfort, discomfort leads us to success and greatness and impact and fulfillment. And I'm betting for you that the most fulfilled you've ever felt in life, the most accomplished, uh, the most excitement, has been probably in the wake of a giant, uncomfortable challenge. That's just, it's the way that we are designed. And the irony is that all of us are striving kind of to this like perceived nirvana of comfort that we'll arrive at this place, whether that's retirement or we'll arrive at, you know, this amount in our bank account and we can just dip into it and never do anything and you know this idea of just absolute comfort or what we like is the goal but I don't know I think that we've probably proven to ourselves that that is not how we are designed uh, comfort actually distracts us 
from this macro purpose that God has given each of us, right? And comfort distracts us from the daily opportunities to be used to love and cherish the people around us. It's when we step out of our comfort zone and are willing to love beyond what's easy for us that I think we feel the most aligned with how we were created to live and to love. And so, man, that was just some thinking today is, do I think that there's some truth in forfeiting good to go for what's great? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we want to hang on to what's good because that feels comfortable for us. But bail on that, man. Bail on comfort. Because maybe you have an uncomfortable future or uncomfortable decision or um, you know, something that you, you need to take the hill and go for. And on the other side of that is actually furthering this fulfilling life that you were designed to live. So go for it. And at the same time, when we recognize a conversation of good versus great, um, realize that Value is not what you're running towards. Value is not what you're striving for. When you're forfeiting good to go for great, it's not because you need to prove to anybody else that you are worth it or prove to yourself that you are worth it. It allows you to align with the life you've been designed to live, but it does not determine your value because your value is intrinsic. You've been designed with it. And I personally believe that our goodness comes from being connected to the one who is good. And God, who is good, gets to give us a value that is consistent despite our shifting brokenness. So take comfort in that. Take comfort and peace in that on a rainy day in Orange County. So, all right. Well, that's good for today. Um, hope you have an awesome day. We'll try again tomorrow.